You're listening to the Twin Cities Apologetics Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Lin, and you can always find out more info about this ministry at TwinCitiesApologetics.com. Today, we have Frank Turek on the podcast as he responds to concerns brought up by Jeremy Lin, role-playing a Christian who has doubts about his faith. Enjoy the show. I'm Jeremy Lin, here with Frank Turek. Thanks for joining me today, Frank. Great to be here, Jeremy. What are we going to talk about? What's going on? Yeah, great question. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, what, what I want to do is kind of set up a, a role play type of situation okay. for something that I think is very prevalent within the church and uh-huh. kind of in the Christian community right now. So you know of and I know of a few, uh, let's say, high-profile uh, cases where Christians that are popular kind of within that community mm-hmm. have uh, gone through episodes of doubt and have uh, kind of left the faith sure. as they explain it. Yeah. So in light of that happening, um, what I want to do is kind of run through a situation where uh, I'm going to play uh, the role of this Christian okay. who has doubts about different aspects of my faith and about God and, mm-hmm. and all those different things. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to basically come to someone and actually take that initiative mm-hmm. and talk to them about those questions. And what I want to do is kind of give an example of what, w- what would it look like for someone going through that experience okay. to actually go to someone and with ask their questions. questions and hopefully get good answers. Okay, so yeah. this is not Jeremy being doubtful. <laughs> He's playing somebody who is. We got that. All right, go ahead. Yes, exactly. Okay, okay right. let's just start it off. All right. So, Frank, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm coming to you today. Uh, I'm just going through a lot of stuff um, in my life and also just really doubting my faith. I mean, I grew up a Christian mm-hmm. and, you know, like kind of have some exposure to like things that you've said or like different, you know, apologetics books. But I don't know, I'm just really, really questioning things. What are lot. the things you're questioning? What, what, what do you think is... Um not true about Christianity? Well, like, I don't know. Like, to me, it seems like God, he's not very, like, evident to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm, I'm sitting on, the, on this stool, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I can see this. It's, like, mm-hmm. visible. I can, like, mm-hmm. feel it, all mm-hmm. this stuff. And, like, I'm, I mean, there could be, like, ex- existential things where it's, like, oh, maybe I don't exist or this thing doesn't. But I I'm, can be pretty confident that this, this thing exists. It seems like something like, like God, like so, so important, like, you know, this creator and like all encompassing thing of the universe seems like there should be some like way to detect the existence of God, just like I can detect this thing. Well, what kind of evidence would you see to detect an invisible being is the question, right? That's a visible thing. Yeah. The reason you think it's there, however, is because you're using your senses and you're assuming that your senses are good mm-hmm. and that that stool that you're sitting on right now is a, the cause of the effect you're feeling, the effect you're sitting. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're experiencing an effect. So you're reasoning from effect to cause. I'm sitting on a stool. Yeah. Well... There are effects that we see all around us that cry out for an explanation. The biggest effect, of course, is the universe. Where did the universe come from? Yeah. And even atheists today are admitting that space, time, and matter had a beginning. In other words, that there was a beginning to the space-time continuum, to the universe. Well, if that's the case, whatever created space, time, and matter can't be made of space, time, and matter. In other words, the cause must be spaceless 
timeless, immaterial, powerful, personal, in order to choose to create, and also intelligent to choose to create. So what we're doing here is we're reasoning from an effect back to a cause. It turns out the cause in this case is spaceless, timeless, immaterial, powerful, personal, and intelligent. The cause of you sitting is a stool which isn't spaceless, timeless, and immaterial, but you're still using reasoning to come to the conclusion that the stool exists just like you would to say that God exists. Okay. So you're, so you're saying, like, I'm still using reasoning. I'm using almost the same basis to determine that both things exist. If yes, you're exist. reasoning from yeah. effect to cause. Mm -hmm. Now, I found, I don't know if this is the case with you, but I found in many of the people that I talk to that many of their doubts are emotional. They're not intellectual. Mm -hmm. In other words, they'll say, well, I don't feel like Christianity is true now because so many of the Christians I know are jerks. So many of the Christians I know are hypocrites. Or I'm going through a difficult time now and I just don't feel God's presence. These are more emotional doubts than they are intellectual uh, because Christianity predicts you'll have trouble. Christianity tells you you will have trouble. Christianity admits there's evil. In fact, the whole the whole solution to the problem of evil is Christianity, that Christ comes and takes evil upon himself rather than ourselves. So when we're experiencing things that cause us to doubt Christianity and we and analyze them and we go, well, you know, logically, that shouldn't cause me to doubt Christianity. I should expect Christians to be jerks because we're all fallen. Uh, you know, I, I should expect some people not to live up to what Jesus told us to live up to. I should expect that there will be evil in the world. It predicted it. Jesus predicted it. And the apostles told us that we'd have the same thing. I should expect there will be periods where I don't feel close to God. I should expect all these things. That doesn't mean Christianity's false. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, the things that we should expect, you're saying, is, like, explained by Christianity? Or? Well, I'm saying that when... People, and I don't know if this is the case with you mm -hmm. as a role player here, I, when people say they have doubts and they come and they say, this is why I doubt Christianity, yeah. I've hardly ever heard anybody give me a reason to doubt Christianity that strikes at the heart of Christianity. In other words, I don't have people saying, I just don't think there's any evidence for the resurrection. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't hear people saying that very often. I don't hear people saying that there's absolutely no evidence for God. People understand there's evidence for God. What I hear people saying are things that, even if they're right about, don't, don't disprove Christianity. Christians are hypocrites. Evil exists. Uh, there are standards I don't like that God puts on me. Well, Christianity is still true. So yeah. I don't know what the situation is with you or the people that you're playing in this role play. What is the situation? Is it really intellectual? Is it more emotional or moral? Uh, I think I think that a lot of it comes from, like from an emotional place, mm -hmm. like. For example, I've, I've asked God for, for a sign, like, mm -hmm. tell me that, that you're there, like, show me in mm -hmm. some, you know, very uh, easy way mm -hmm. to tell that, that, that you're there. And it, he's, he never has come through. Well, for well me, how right? about the whole universe? <laughs> that would be a sign. <laughs> you're yeah. here. That would be a sign. Mm -hmm. uh, the moral law you have written on your heart would be a sign. The yeah. conviction of sin, when you sin and you go, you feel that you shouldn't have done that, that's a sign of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, there are plenty of signs out there. But God is not a cosmic uh, illusionist or a cosmic magician that responds to our pleas for entertainment uh, or even our pleas for 
I want this kind of sign, and that I only believe you on those terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, God has given us enough evidence to know that he exists, but not so much evidence that would compel us if we don't want to believe in him to go our own way. Yeah. C.S. Lewis famously puts in uh, the first screw tape letter. I don't know if it's the first one, but it's early on in the book where he says, the indisputable uh, and the, what's the word he uses? He uses indisputable and one other word where he says are, are not available to God. He can only woo. He cannot ravish. I mean, if he overcomes, overpowers us with his presence all the time, then we're not really free to go our own way if we want to. Yeah, what, what about, like, prayer then? Because I think mm-hmm. it says somewhere in the Bible, like, if we pray, like, God listens, he, like, provides for our needs. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I, I haven't noticed any, like, I, I've tried praying about things, and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to be, you know, an answer or, like, God, you know, comes through with that too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, my my sister was, like, really sick in in high school, and I prayed, you know, for years to for her to, to recover from that and mm. it just it never happened you know like right. why doesn't God I, I understand. Pull, pull through from yeah from yeah me, you no, know yeah I I would probably feel the same way um, however if God doesn't heal somebody does that mean he doesn't exist I guess if there was an expectation where if he exists he's going to heal everyone then well if that were the case the expectation if he were to exist he would heal everyone. Nobody would ever die. Nobody would ever graduate to where we're heading. Uh, When Jesus told us to pray, he said, thy will be done, God's will. We always want to pray in our will. We never want to pray in God's will. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to pray in God's will. And sometimes, look, as you know, God has three answers to any prayer, yes, no, or wait. Um, And I think there's probably people out there watching right now who are thankful if you think back on it that God did not answer some of your prayers with yes when you wanted it to be yes, right? (laughs) Because there are things that we think we want, and we know in retrospect, if I had gotten that, that would have been a disaster. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things I don't understand about how God operates, but I do know this. I know why I don't understand, because I'm finite, God's infinite. It could be that, tragically, your sister's health issue... um, might have helped her later or might have helped somebody else later. I think of the famous, uh, the famous apologist William Lane Craig, who you and I both know and follow, and brilliant man. He talks about the fact that he has a muscular disease, and he had it from a very young age, and he prayed God would take it away from him. And then it really, what happened was it forced him to get into academics rather than athletics because of this disease. And long-term, it's been a great blessing, not only to him, but to the entire body of Christ because that muscular problem prevented him from going down a route he wanted to go and forced him into a route that now he is happy he went into, and that is Christian apologetics. Now, in his case, he can see the blessing that came from it. I'm sure he'd probably prefer not to have the, the problem but God, in his wisdom, knew that perhaps good could come from it. Yeah, come from it. I guess I do see times where what I want turns out to not be the best thing. Sure. So I guess I could see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I have some other, like, questions or just mm-hmm. things I'm, I'm wrestling with with 
the foundation or the, the center that you're talking about with Jesus. Of Christianity, you know, those, okay. Yeah, yeah. so let's, uh, I'm going to take a water break and okay. I'll come back and we can talk about okay, that. Okay, good. Do you want to be equipped with resources to help you strengthen and defend your faith? If you live around the Twin Cities of Minnesota, join the Twin Cities Apologetics Facebook group for local meetings, events, and conferences. If you live in or out of the Twin Cities, follow Twin Cities Apologetics on Facebook and Instagram for consistent weekly contents that will help you share Christ with those around you. All right, Frank, I'm back to talk about some more uh, kind of things I've been wrestling mm -hmm. with and just not really sure what to think about, mm -hmm. about the whole Christianity thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, you talked about Jesus before, and like there's some things that, that I think about with that too, like uh, you know, people are, are on different sides about, like, the historical Jesus. Like, some people are like, no, he didn't actually exist, which is, you know, I don't, I don't agree with that, but people are, are saying that. Mm -hmm. It's crazy if they can even say that mm -hmm. in the first place, right? And other people are, are saying, like, yeah, there was some sort of Jesus figure, but, you know, it, it, it was kind of uh, blown up in terms of what was discussed about him. Mm -hmm. He definitely wasn't, like, a divine figure or Well, what do like you that. think? Um, I don't know. I, I think... I mean, again, I'm, I'm like wrestling through this, but I, th I think there is definitely enough historical basis to say mm -hmm. that uh, Jesus existed. Mm -hmm. But I mean, in terms of saying he's God, uh, there, there's only like a few really sources out there. I mean, there's there's like the Gospels, you know, mm -hmm. all, all in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Then there's a few of your references kind of outside the mm -hmm. Bible talking about him. But I don't know, is that like enough to believe that he's God? Like, you know, I, well, I just don't Well, let me ask there. the question this way. Um, how does a man who is born in an obscure village, who never traveled more than 200 miles from where he was born, and never did anything that most of us would consider great by today's standards, you know, he never wrote a book, he never led an army, he never held political office, he never started a huge business, or, but yet today, after being killed, at a very young age of 33 or so, he stands as the center of history. We date our calendars by this guy. How could that have happened unless something really dramatic happened in his life or to his life? Yeah. Because it doesn't seem to make any sense that Jews, who wrote most of the New Testament, as you know, who were believers in Yahweh, would invent a character like Jesus who claims to be God and resurrects from the dead because, first of all, Jews thought claiming to be God was blasphemy. And secondly, what motive did these Jewish believers in Yahweh have to create this Jesus figure, even if they could create him? Because by saying he had risen from the dead and was the Messiah, they got kicked out of the synagogue and then beaten, tortured, and killed. That's not a list of perks, right? You don't do that kind of thing and then have those consequences. In fact, my friend Jay Warner Wallace, who I know you know, the cold case homicide detective, when he finds a dead body and he knows the body's been murdered, he knows there's only three possible reasons why that guy's dead. There's not a thousand reasons, there's just three, or a combination of the three. Mm -hmm. There was either a sex issue, a money issue, or a power issue. That's why that guy was killed, for relationship, sex, for money, or for power, prestige, that kind of thing. And so those are the motivators people have to commit crimes or to create conspiracies. So I always ask audiences, what motive would the New Testament writers who were Jewish believers in Yahweh have to invent this? Did they get chicks for saying this was true? 
No. Don't think so. No, no women. Mm -hmm. Did they get money? No, no money. Did they get power? No, they got the opposite of power. Yeah. Paul, who was Saul, had all the power persecuting Christians. And when he became a Christian, because he witnessed the resurrected Jesus, he was persecuted. He lost all his power. Mm. So there's no motive here to invent any of this. And when you look at the explosion of the church out of Jerusalem, a place where they knew Jesus's tomb, where they knew where it was, the Romans or the Jews could have squashed Christianity immediately by going to his tomb and taking out his dead body. They couldn't do that because the tomb was empty. Jesus was still using his body. Hmm. So I think it takes more faith to believe he didn't rise from the dead and he wasn't God, given the evidence, than to believe that he really was God and did rise from the dead. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. And it seems like it is the best explanation that you know, that they weren't lying, right? right. And I, I get that. Um, but let's, let's just say that's true. Like, that's something I need to think about, right? Okay. Let, let's say it's true that, you know, Jesus is God and mm -hmm. all the Bible mm -hmm. says, like, that's all true. Mm -hmm. The thing is, like, I, I can see how people can come to a different conclusion about that. Sure. Like, with what I'm talking about, with, you know, the sources and, like, maybe people say, oh, that's not enough to believe in that. Um, the thing is, though, like, the, the whole... Christian faith or like people's destination under Christianity, mm -hmm. you know, having our hell, mm -hmm. it, it's based on one's belief in Jesus and, you know, if he's God and mm -hmm. all those things that Christians say about him. Um, but I, like, doesn't that seem like a severe kind of weight to put on that one belief kind of proposition? You know, Jesus is God or not, and your belief in that is going to, you know, send you into either place. Well, what's your, this question turns out to be a moral question if you think about it. What, what you're saying, it's a good question, by the way. What you're saying is that God is somehow immoral for not providing more evidence on such a crucial matter, because if he was, if this is really true, he would provide more evidence so more people would trust him and be saved. Yeah. And it seems immoral to not provide more evidence. Well, a couple of things we might say to that. There's two revelations that God has given us. One is the Bible special revelation, but the one that predates that and actually is the foundation for the Bible is natural revelation, creation, conscience, design, these kind of things, the laws of logic, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody understands that they're, just from nature, there's got to be a creator. Now, they don't know it's Jesus, but they know there's got to be a creator, and it's a moral creator, too this being because we have this moral law written on our hearts and we know we haven't lived up to this moral law. So the Bible teaches, and I think this makes sense morally, that if you take a step toward that natural revelation and want to get more information, God will give you the information you need in order to have your sins forgiven and be with him forever because he wants people to be saved more than we do and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But if you look at nature and conscience, and you suppress that, and you go, I don't want that, I want to go my own way. In other words, if you turn away from the light God has already given you through nature, why would he give you more light? More light isn't going to help you, you've already rejected the light you have. Yeah. So God wants people to be saved more than we do. And we know at the end of the day, that since God is just and he's infinitely loving, nobody is going to be treated unfairly in the afterlife. Nobody. It's going to go, I got a raw deal, God, if only I had. No, that's, that's God by definition is the standard of justice and love. 
So he's not going to treat anybody unfairly or unlovingly. But if somebody doesn't want to be with him, God's a gentleman. He is not going to force himself on them. And they're going to be separated from him in hell. Now, I know atheists are always talking, oh, torture in hell. It's not torture. I always hear this on the Internet. Oh, mm. how could you believe in a God of torture? God, God doesn't torture anybody. This is called torment. And that's more internally inflicted than externally inflicted. It has to do with the idea that you have chosen something, and although you don't want the alternative, you realize it's not a good choice, but you're stuck with the choice. You don't want God. You want to go your own way. And so you're tormented by that. Now, it would be unloving of God and unjust of God if he did not punish people in the afterlife who refused his pardon. Right. So he does punish people, but for righteous reasons. Yeah, I suppose I wouldn't want God uh, kind of forcing me to do something against my will. If that was the case, that people don't want to you know, live with God. Or they don't. Cases. They want to yeah. be apart from him. They're, mm-hmm. they're not even interested in the dimmer light of nature. And so when Jesus comes forth with a lot more light, they're not going to want that either. This is why, Jeremy, I always ask the question, and since you're role-playing here, I'll ask you the question. Sure. If Christianity were true, if Jesus rose from the dead, would you follow him and be a Christian? I mean, I, I want to follow truth. I want to mm-hmm. follow evidence wherever that leads. So I, I think I would, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I would consider myself a, a Christian already. I'm mm-hmm. just kind of really on the fence with what to think about these things. Yeah. See, so yeah, I think I want it to be true, so I would say yeah. Okay, good, because a lot of atheists I ask that question of, they say no, because mm-hmm. they, they don't want it to be true. They don't want there to be a God because they want to be God of their own lives. They want to go their own way. And God will let them go their own way. Mm -hmm. Let me go back to one thing we talked about before the break. And you were talking about evidence. We started talking about evidence. You know, we can know that we're sitting on a chair or this computer or this camera exists, right? Yep. When atheists say there's no evidence for God, we could say, well, what do you mean by evidence? Or what evidence would convince you? You could go down that route if you want to. But I think sometimes it's better to take, take even a further step back and say, why is there evidence for anything? I mean, why is there evidence that if I put two parts hydrogen and one part oxygen together, I'm always going to get water? Yeah, it does seem strange to, for that to come from chance or nothing or whatever. The yeah, case we live be. in yeah. an orderly universe, yeah. in other words. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be better explained by an orderer, a mind. The very fact that atheists are trying to use science to say God doesn't exist presupposes an orderly world where we can do science. So when I have a book called Stealing from God, an atheist, one of the things they're stealing from God to say he doesn't exist is science. Mm -hmm. You couldn't do science if the world was chaotic and random. So sometimes we just got to back up and say, you're expecting evidence in a world that isn't designed and is random and has no purpose. Well, by your, if, if that's what you think about the universe, then you shouldn't expect evidence for anything. But you do have evidence for a lot of things. Chairs, cameras, mm-hmm. microphones, green screens, yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so basically what you're doing is you're stealing from God while you're arguing against him. Mm. Yeah. All right, so we're going to step out of the role play uh, just for a minute and just talk about uh, kind mm-hmm. of a practical thing in light of what we just okay. saw in our conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're just going to do that in, uh, in a few seconds. So Frank, uh, I've personally have met with uh, people who said they are Christians or were Christians mm-hmm. that were kind of in this zone of like 
how do I think about these things? Or it's really questioning a lot of things regarding Christianity and its truth. Uh, so I'm wondering uh, for myself and also maybe for other uh, Christians out there who have had similar conversations or might in the future, what would be your main piece of advice for interacting with someone in that state of, you know, they're in the church or they, they're a Christian, but they're really going through this time of, of uh, kind of, huge doubts and questioning. Well, I think asking questions is important. Mm -hmm. That's why Greg Kokel's tactics book is so good. It talks about questions you ought to ask people. And I think just being a friend to somebody who's going through doubts is important. Yeah. You know, to be there for them and have long conversations and love them and pray for them. So, mm -hmm. so many of the doubts, as we mentioned earlier, are not intellectual. They're emotional. Yeah. And so people need emotional support more than they need an answer. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't need a, a philosopher they need a pastor. And so I think so many of those kinds of doubts can be dealt with just by being a friend, mm -hmm. somebody with a, an ear who cares. Now, if it gets into academic or intellectual questions, then I think you can ask questions of the individual. And the doubts that are brought up presuppose true beliefs. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, somebody says, uh, you know, why is there no, no evidence for God? Or why, I haven't seen evidence for God. Well, we talked about it a minute ago that they're presupposing this is a world where evidence does exist for some things. Why is that? Mm -hmm. It's an orderly world. Yeah. Somebody says, I can't believe Jesus is the only way. Mm -hmm. Well, what does that objection presuppose? It presupposes a couple of things. Number one, that it would be immoral for God to have just one way. Mm -hmm. So they're bringing a moral standard into it. Yeah. And secondly... It presupposes that their way is the true way, mm -hmm. whatever that is. Whether they think there are many ways or certain ways, they think they have the right way of salvation, whatever that is. So every negation implies an affirmation. Mm -hmm. So when atheists or agnostics or skeptics bring up questions, they're presupposing certain things inside those questions that you have to expose. Yeah. I think an uh, uh, overall theme I'm hearing mm -hmm. from you is, uh, well, oftentimes when I have these conversations with people going through all of these questions that are mm -hmm. in their mind, they're trying to get out, uh, they, they tend to be very uh, specific things. Uh, maybe one question hits on like three or four different like specific aspects mm -hmm. of Christianity. Mm -hmm. I think what, what you are explaining and what you showed uh, in the role play is sometimes stepping back and looking at the big picture can be helpful. Yes. So if that, and that, that involves two areas with Christianity. One is for God, like let's step back and ask, why is everything here in the first mm -hmm, place? Mm -hmm. Why can we use a scientific method mm -hmm. to, to kind of see if things exist? Mm -hmm. And then for Jesus, step back and say, okay, this is the foundation of Christianity. So instead of you know, maybe asking about a theological issue that's maybe not in the center, let's talk about Jesus and his existence and uh, the resurrection, because if that's true, then Christianity is true. Exactly. Right? Those yeah. are the two points you just brought up that are the two fundamental facts you need to establish for Christianity to be true. Yeah. Number one, God exists. Number two, Jesus rose from the dead. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, if God exists, he could raise Jesus from the dead. Mm -hmm. If God doesn't exist, then there's no resurrection. Yeah. So those two steps, does God exist and did Jesus rise from the dead, are really the two major issues. Everything else uh, pales in comparison to that. Uh, now, there are obviously are theological things that flow out of Jesus' resurrection. We understand yeah. that. But in terms of evidence, God, resurrection, if those two things are true, Christianity is true. Yeah. And we're not saying, uh, you and I are not saying that to not 
answer your specific questions no, ever. of course not. But yeah. we're saying sometimes it can be helpful to step back That's right. when someone's really digging in the weeds. That's right. And kind of staying in there, right? Yeah, I think it's important to major in the majors. Mm-hmm. And Paul talks about this in Romans 14, by the way, when he's talking about disputable matters. Yeah. He basically says, don't major in the minors, major in the majors. You have one set of beliefs about a disputable matter, fine, but keep it to yourself. You have another set of beliefs, fine, keep it to yourself. Don't argue over that. Somebody said this. It's attributed to Augustine, but people doubt it. he said it, but it sounds like something he would say. In the essentials, unity. In the non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. Right? In the essentials, unity. Non-essentials, liberty. All things, charity. Mm-hmm. And the essentials, when it comes to apologetics, are basically God and the resurrection. Yeah. Uh, and then theology, there are essentials, right? There is a God. You are not him. We're sinners. Jesus came, lived the perfect life in our place, was God, took the punishment on himself. By trusting in him, we can have our sins forgiven, and we can help build this kingdom here. We're his ambassadors. Those are some of the essentials, right? Mm-hmm. You want to argue about the rapture? Be my guest. That's not at the center of Christianity. You want to mm-hmm. argue about different things in the Old Testament you find kooky or weird, and they are by our standards? Mm-hmm. Fine. We can argue about that, but... Jesus um, is the center of Christianity, not things that went on in the theocracy of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you read a book like Paul Copan's Is God a Moral Monster? It can answer many of your questions about the Old Testament. Yeah. But the main point is God exists and Jesus rose from the dead and everything follows from that. Yeah. All right, I think we'll leave uh, this, this discussion at that. So thanks for joining me. All right, Frank. thanks, Jeremy. Really, yeah, good to see an example of what it would look like for uh, to talk to someone. Like that. Sure, absolutely. absolutely.